sleep off. I mean, I know. Right, exactly. So, so too much of that stimulation of the sugar, the carbohydrates, the uh, high fats, too much of that is causing the mind to lose energy. But another part of the mind is experiencing pleasure, like pleasure oh, or, right. or, or sense of deep calmness, like a, just right. like a zoning out, just like a deep relaxation. But all of that is like an, it's, it's an experience where you are, you know, where, where, where other disturbances, other thoughts, you're just kind of zoned out, you know, kind of, okay, but well, I'm just, you know, watching TV and have eaten a nice meal and, oh, okay, I'm just relaxing. Okay, so there's, there's that kind of experience. That experience also can be valuable at times, but that experience, if it is sought after again and again and again, it's a bit tricky, you know, that, 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 that's not... That's not an experience that one needs to be and one needs to be in a much more meditative relaxation that uh, persists throughout the whole day while activities are performed. But you're very steady, very calm. You're enjoying everything. It's not that you're renouncing to the foods you like, but to eat them only to a certain extent is possible only when you are truly fulfilled and when you're when you're bubbling over with energy from within. That's where exercise comes in. That's where intellectual stimulation comes in. That's where other enjoyments come in. See, this is the whole Tantra idea. The, the Tantra Shastras actually teach just this. You know, you dance and you listen to music and you, and, you, uh, and you are with friends and you are eating good foods and you're doing all the... You're just moving from one sensory experience to another because life is sense experience. You know, even meditation, you're meditating and you see the, the, listen to the teacher. That's also sense experience. Everything is sense experience in some form or other. So you're just shifting from one experience to another, walking, then going with your friends, then doing your course, then doing... You see that? So it's that, it's that masterful shift from one action to another, which is the key. The mastery of that shift. If you look at the life of Paramahansa Yoga, for example, you would exactly see that. I guarantee it. You know, he didn't just do one thing. He did so many things, but how did he do them? He did them one at a time, and he did it very with a great deal of joy and great satisfaction and, and, and using the, his every ounce of energy in the best possible way without draining it. Revolve around the experiences of the senses so that you're not taking any experience to the point of just disliking it, of saturation, getting zoned out, that is draining energy. No experience should be taken to the point where it drains you completely. Even if you take something like exercise, why should you exercise to the point where you just get so completely exhausted? That's not necessary. You know, exercise to some extent, do it slowly, build, build up the tolerance, come back with some good energy left, and, and, then it, and then that energy grows. You know, so it's about growing one's mental power. Think of it this way, with food, for example, Eating less food actually grows mental energy. Our primitive brain is not conditioned that way. Our primitive brain is just functioning based on just eat as much as fattening food that you can because that's the survival mechanism within the brain. So that primitive brain needs to be given some of that experience, but then to transform that out by higher experience. So when the higher experience comes, the lower one automatically disappears or it gets stabilized, at least. Once you find something better, the lower thing that you were doing before stops. It's always like that. 
you, you buy a Toyota Corolla and then you if you have a really nice job and good income and you're making good six figures plus and all that you say well let's you know let's buy a uh, a like a let's buy like a S class Mercedes or some good good quality much higher model of car because you have more money available so you can do more with it you see so you can experience more it's always like that so when you are in a more refined state the the growth state begins to disappear. And it's possible to live life in a much more refined way and using food to enliven you and to burn up the stored energy. It's like, it's like a matchstick. You know, you start a little fire there and then that can start a bigger fire. It's like that. So food is like a energizer to open up the dormant energy that is already within us. You know, so if, if it's possible to use food as a way of opening up the dormant energy, then that's the best possible use so that the mind is enlivened, it's energized, it's given what it wants in limited amounts, but it's never taken to the ex- to further uh, further levels because the mind is mind sabotages itself. It says that I'll eat more and I'll just kind of get to that point of just oversaturation and then you don't even want that food anymore. So you've actually destroyed desire for it. Let's say, let's say you want to eat a stra- piece of strawberry shortcake. So maybe you, if you have the whole, like a big, huge piece, eventually you say, my God, I don't even want that anymore. See, that's not a good thing to be in. You're destroyed desire for it. Rather than destroying desire for it, eat a smaller piece, keep the desire intact, eat it, eat it two days later, eat another small piece two days later. You keep the desire for it intact rather than destroying the desire for it. Like if you want to have Maggie, you can have Maggie, but if you have only a limited amount of it, you'll still want more. So then you masterfully divert your mind into other things and then you take it out of the Maggie mode. That's the difficult part. Try to stay in the present with each food decision you make. Is Ask yourself, is this the thing to eat right now and why am I eating that right now? Now you might say that yeah, I'm going to have that more... That, that bagel or I'm going to have this because that's I just want to have that and okay but then then but then you have to modify a little bit later but then you've had that experience but now what what's next you know I mean if you eat a high carb and high fat meal you have a temporary experience and it gives you that experience but then what happens is, is that experience is not a sustained experience that, that that experience is actually just a peak certain stimulative experience that comes at an energetic cost comes at a physical health cost so there's a price to pay there's a pretty big price to pay for eating these things that are creating that so that experience from the food or from any such stimulative activity comes with a price that's i mean it just does it just does that's just the way the brain and the mind are set up and to bring that into balance is what we are attempting to do but isn't it so that desire comes before thought I don't think so. So, so if I if I put an ice cream cone in, cone in front of you, let's say it's a mint chocolate chip, and let's say you like that, you just oh, see it. it. You just see. You just see it. You just see it. Just even just thinking about it, right? You just see it. It activates the memory of it, and then thought comes. It happens simultaneously. It happens so rapidly. It's not like we don't detect the sequence. We just you you perceive it, and it's oh. There's like that, oh, there's a, that, this is, there's that wanting of this impulse. And then thoughts of, okay, I, I want that, the, you know, so, that, so then you detect the desire. 
Thought detects desire. And then thought, thought decides whether to act upon it, or, upon, upon it or not. Desire is just a force. Desire is just a force. It, it, it's, it, it's just avail, it's just will awaken when it is wanting that experience. But, it, but the thought comes after it that will say, oh, this desire is, what do I do with it now? Okay, wait a minute. Oh, so, so it's all together. It's not like they're separate from each other. So to, to modify the desire requires a much deeper and meditative re- realization of what is desire and how to, how to masterfully change desire. The mastery of one's desire is what we want. Not the destruction of desire, not the, not the overindulgence of desire, not the extinguishing of the energy within desire. We want the mastery over desire. The mastery of desire, I'll give you some practical examples. You come home or you're home and you've been working all day, maybe you go for a walk and you say, I just want to relax. Okay, so you relax. So you, so then you ask yourself, wait a minute. What am I going to do to relax? Am I going to do something that is really going to cause some imbalance? Or is there just a natural relaxation in other ways that I can get? You have to have a conversation with yourself about what you want. You know, all of this thing that you and I are talking about right now, this is all to be done internally within you. And most people never do that. Most people are just running based on the forces that are coming up from within. Whatever you do, do it mindfully, deliberately, not okay. mindlessly. The mastery and the slavery, the difference is just that much. When you make a decision and you follow through, that's the mastery. When you don't follow through, that's the slavery. Do we want to be masters or do we want to be bound? By the, by the uh, constant chaos of the mind.